Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is April 14th, 2023, and welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Hopefully, everybody's having a good Friday. I'm joined today by Kevin Combs, Vice President of McKinney Flavelle. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you, Kevin. Happy Friday, and what a great day it is. Sunny and uh, decent weather here for a change. It is. So looking forward to a great weekend. Yeah, it should be a great weekend. And uh, gosh, you know, I feel bad for the people over there in Fort Lauderdale. Didn't they get a couple feet of of, of rain in 24 hours? It was uh, pretty, uh, pretty wet down there, yes. Oh, my gosh. But they're oh, a little dry in some areas, so maybe it was some good to go yeah. with the bad. Hopefully they everybody's okay down there and they can uh, get through that uh, situation down there. Hey, Nate, my son, he scored his first uh, run in his baseball game last night. Nice. Uh, he, yes, yes. Uh, when I came home, he said, Dad, I hit a home run. And uh, his mom said, no, Nate, you just got around the bases to get to home. So It's uh, close he, he enough. Excited. It's close enough. I'll count it as a home run. But congratulations, Nate, on uh, your first run as a uh, uh, a future MLB uh, professional baseball player. So congratulations. Way to go. Yeah. Hey, Kevin, this week, last week, and all these weeks here, I want to talk about sugar futures. I want to talk about the number 11 and number 16, because those that are closely watching it are asking a bunch of questions like me. And I, I wanted to come to the expert and that's you. Rightly so on these crazy markets, right? Absolutely. But before we do, I, I'd be remiss to say, hey, our spring market seminar is fast approaching on April 26th in Oak Brook, Illinois. So if you'd like to join us virtually or in person, please, it, we'd love to have you. I'd love to listen to this great one day packed full of uh, great commercial intel. Uh, Kevin, where can they go? Where can they go to register? They can go to our webpage, www.mckinney-flavel.com. Simple as that. A couple clicks and you're done. Wonderful. So we'll look forward to seeing people either virtually or in person. So now back to sugar. Kevin, what is going on? The Levens have been uh, pretty strong the last uh, few weeks. Uh, what's driving that? Levens are on a tear. And, you know, like all these markets, you know, you like to look and try to find some fundamentals to support it. And, you know, there are certainly some changes that I think have uh, supported the market, particularly India. At the beginning of the year, I think people were expecting India to have 9, 10 million metric tons of sugar to the export markets. And, Their crops come in a little bit lower. We're now down a little under 36 million metric tons. And of course, they have really strong consumption there. Even with some stocks and things like that, it just looks like uh, they're not going to be exporting much more than the 6 million metric ton type of number. And uh, that kind of disappointed the trade a little bit there. And a large part of that is a reflection of them shifting more sugarcane going into ethanol production. So the uh, program's taken off for them and helped uh, sap up some of their surplus. So it just uh, not having that one more big player beyond Brazil and, you know, Thailand, et cetera, with uh, good exports is helping support the market. 
when you look at production and consumption, though, you know, we're still have strong inventories uh, coming into this year, and we're looking at a production surplus deficit just basically neutral right now. We have just the smallest, smallest deficit in our numbers. I know some of the other numbers I've seen out there are approaching 2 million metric ton deficits, but not big. This is not one of those things where you look at supply, demand, production, consumption, and you're going, oh my, you know, it's a bad year type of thing. It's it's pretty darn neutral. And we've had many uh, years of this neutral in a row coming off of surpluses. So when I look at it fundamentally, I you know, it's not necessarily that there's enough sugar. It's just looking at where the trade's coming from, looking where exports are going to come from. It's probably a little tight. Brazil's crop's just getting underway. Hopefully, you know, we get some better optimistic news there that can uh, help things out. But right. again, this appears to me more other external market factors really driving the prices. And so uh, talk a little bit about that, because I know we, in the past we've talked about a range of 18 to 22, and obviously you look at the nearby at almost 24. What, what other things could be driving this? couple things. One is the U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. and uh, it has become weak here in recent times. It's still fairly strong levels when you think about it, but compared to the highs we were at uh, over the last couple months, it's really uh, turned around and got weak again. So I think that's driving it. And then the other factor has been stronger energy markets, mm-hmm. which we just got talking about India and ethanol. Well, that certainly comes into play in Brazil, where more cane goes to ethanol than goes into uh, sugar production. So when you see those higher markets, it usually comes up with support. And lo and behold, once uh, some of these uh, market participants start taking a look at what's going on, they jump in and you get a lot of speculative influence on the number 11s. And yeah. um, we've seen that really, really jump right. speculators coming in and, uh, you know, kind of exacerbating this move back up to 24 cents. Right. So question is what, when, and where will these uh, drive these guys back out of the markets? And, you know, we could see a, a, a big move back out, but we have to have that impetus for uh, getting them to run for the doors and, Right now, it's hard to see what that's going to be in the uh, coming months. Well, yeah, I mean, it certainly uh, suggests a lot of volatility, a lot of uncertainty on where it might go from here. And um, as we've talked about, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, momentum, uh, you have these algorithmic models that uh, these a lot of these folks are using that uh, help drive that trend pretty significantly either way. So, um, yeah, you just look at the charts here and we're showing, uh, our speculative much the net managed money longs are probably, you know, I'm looking at a chart instead of uh, data, but like 230,000 contracts wow. long. And yeah, if you look back at our, you know, 10 year chart, we're approaching about as long as they get, Yeah, you know, maybe they've gotten another 20,000 contracts long here, 10% or so, but that's it. Yeah. So that would pretty much suggest, you know, funds are long and all in and, you know, barring any fundamental news or anything to spook the markets to the high side. You know, I think we're getting up there close to uh, where we're going to be. Okay, great. Uh, obviously, listeners out there, if you want more information on a strategy on that number 11, you can give Kevin a call and he'd be more than happy to help you uh, 
take a look at that. Anything else on the 11s before we, before we shift to the 16s? I think we got the primary points there. Okay. So let's talk about the 16s All right. the domestic market. Holy 42. Holy <laughs> 42 today. Uh. And, you know, it just, uh, as the 11 goes, the 16s want to go. And it wasn't looking like it was one for one. The 16 was trailing. But uh, lo and behold, this week, they decided they're going to catch up. And with the nearby up a, a penny today at 42 cents and, it's a uh, real easy math here. You know, we have a 15.36 cent per pound duty. We have a little bit of a SIF cost to difference between the 11 and 16 being the 11 is a FOB origin contract and the 16 is a delivered contract. And we are just right there at uh, tier two high import uh, levels. So it's pretty much tapped out at that type of level right now. We just uh, got news in the WASDE report of vessel high tier imports had come in uh, to the United States. So USDA raised high tier imports, 69,000 tons based on pace year to date, 225,000 tons overall getting back up to where they've averaged over the last uh, three seasons. So it's another uh, another one of those uh crazy years where we have to bring in a lot of sugar under high tier. So obviously, you know, demand has been strong on sugar, kind of creating this need. And and when you can't find sugar anywhere else, you Go just the turn the world yeah. markets. And, you know, both from a market for cane refiners needing additional raw sugar, and then also, you know, a good part of that high tier is additional organic demand versus the tranche system that the the USDA is allocating. So it's, uh, it appears we need to be a little bit more aggressive a little bit earlier maybe to keep some of these uh, prices down a little bit on the 16 versus what the USDA did. But you know, last year, demand was up 2.5%. seemed like the USDA was aggressive with all their actions, but they just never quite caught up. This year, you know, after last year's growth, you expect things to be a little bit more tame. USDA is showing a 1% growth in consumption, but, uh, you know, it's still pretty aggressive uh, growth compared to what we we're seeing prior to the pandemic. And USDA, again, you know, they came out, they reallocated the huge shortfall. You know, we got a had a 255,000 ton TRQ shortfall. Philippines, again, a big portion of that is uh, they don't have any uh, surplus sugar to export to the United States to meet that quota was basically, you know, more than half of the shortfall. And now USDA reallocated that they're still showing 132,000 ton shortfall, even after they divvied that up and sent it to other, uh, the quoted other countries. It'll be real interesting to see if they do a second round here in the uh, next coming months. And we've also seen them re-extend uh, the quota entry period a month or sometimes all the way through the fourth quarter to make sure all that sugar comes in. And I think the other thing beyond the quotas and imports and, and things being a little tight there and maybe needing, you know, maybe the USDA has to open up another quota, you might also point to a little concern south of the border with Mexico and their crop. And I think Mexico will make sure they have the raw sugar available to ship up as part of their quota, but uh, their crop is coming in 
pretty dismal. You know, USDA last month had lowered Mexico's crop estimate. This month, they actually bumped it up 75,000 tons. But I've got a lot of concern there, Mike, because you look at yields and they're off nearly uh, 14 metric tons per hectare versus last year or the last wow. several weeks, you know, somewhere between 12 to 14 anyway. And the Mexican estimate used record area harvested of 828,000 hectares. The previous record is only 805,000 hectares. You know, we've heard there's more acreage going in, but it seems like Mexico always overestimates the area initially in their estimates on how much cane will get harvested. And if you just throw out a more reasonable number, and reasonable in my opinion anyway, uh, like 810,000, Mexico's crop might only be 5.3 million tons. So they could be down another 260,000 tons wow. versus the current USDA estimate. Exactly. And so when you do that, Mexico does not have enough sugar to meet their domestic demand, which is usually the higher price market, of course. Sure. The U.S. quota of 1.3 million short tons raw value. And then, you know, they were doing a lot more IMEX demand up uh, as much as 500,000 tons last year. And uh, they'll have to cut that drastically in uh, order to have enough sugar. And they're still probably going to be short sugar to transition because they don't really start producing sugar in a big way until uh, 1st of December. So they need two months of next uh, crop's demand, which you know comes up to 800,000 tons. They like to see uh, comparable around 900,000, 940,000 right? tons to transition comfortably. So yeah, it's, it's a short, dire situation. I think you know mm. if people are looking at 16 saying, hey, Mexico may not have enough sugar to fulfill their quota, uh, that would also be a little bit of a driver there. But I think you know, Mexico, because of the amended suspension agreements and the way the program works here in the United States, I think they'll try to support that. I think the sugar will probably come out of IMEX. And lastly, they probably end up having to do some sort of imports this uh, late summer, fall to help transition the crop year and make sure they have enough uh, sugar to meet their domestic demand and, and IMEX. Got it. Anything else on the 16s before we let people go off to their uh, their weekend but, you know, I just in, in summary, I would just say, hey, right now, this market is one. When you look at ending stocks for the United States, I see beat stocks being limited. And USDA's got ending stocks at nearly 1.9 million short tons. Mm -hmm. If that number holds, the cane stocks would be fairly strong relatively speaking to what you know you, we've seen over the last several years and would certainly not be supporting a uh, nearly uh, you know 42 cent level and obviously you know you look at the deferred contracts and they start coming down and you know 2024 new crop you get down to you know 3950 4011 4011 uh, type of levels so not suggesting that but it doesn't look like there's any shortage of cane on the uh, supply demand and tables and inventory levels on what I would show on on cane stocks. So it's going to be real interesting to see, but uh, the way the market's working, or uh, in some people's opinion, not working, um, 
you know, I think these high levels are going to stay up with the number 11s and it's going to take a reversal in the number 11s to uh, really get these values to come back down. If, you know, maybe you start seeing things uh, come off if the dollar gets a little bit stronger, energy levels come back down a little bit, etc. But uh, I think we're in for a, a volatile ride here for the next mm-hmm. uh, next mm-hmm. several months before we see it, uh, anything change. But uh, as you know, when markets get up to these levels, it, it doesn't take much for this uh, world market to shift because yeah. those long speculative uh, positions, once they start running for the doors and you know see reason yeah. to exit, um, they could come back down pretty quick. And the 16 is going to move right in parallel. Excellent. Thank you, Kevin. Great recap as always. Uh, again, if you uh, want to attend our seminar coming up on April 26th in Oakbrook, go to our website at mckinney-favel.com to register. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Don't take it for granted. Do something fun this weekend. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. Take care. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit mckinney-favell.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.